Wonderful. So I'm Kara Kradowitz. I'm the Data Projects Coordinator in the Finance Department, and I've been working a lot with the Open Data Initiative. And I'm here to talk to you about a pilot project we've been working on since early September called Tactical Data Engagement. So what is Tactical Data Engagement? I'll be referring to this as TDE primarily, just for ease of discussion. Um, this is a four-step process designed to help cities go beyond open data policy and the portal to facilitate opportunities for the community to make most impactful use of the data that we put out onto our portal. So the four stages are finding, refining, designing, and implementing. And I'll get into this in a little bit greater detail as we go into the presentation. So why do we talk about open data? We really want to have a culture of transparency in the city of Madison, enhancing an understanding of government decision-making process and ensuring that services and transactions are evident to the community. We also want to improve government processes and decision-makers, decision-making processes and ensuring that we have empirical approaches to community problem-solving. So I put together a timeline to give you an overview of what we've done work to date, and I'll go deeper into each of these components as we walk through the presentation. But I think this work started around April of 2016 when the data management team formed, and this is an interdisciplinary team of staff and managers who are working together on open data as well as other topics, and this fits into the performance excellence framework. In October of 2016, Madison was named a What Works City, and in January 2017, we began working on two projects with What Works Cities, which was primarily open data governance and performance management. Through that work, we completed a data set inventory and also hosted the Outcome Summit, which many of you attended in May of 2017. After that engagement was closed, we re-engaged with a partner through What Works Cities to begin work on TDE. Um, we conducted user-centered design research, and then now we're going to be moving into targeting our implementation date for, tar for TDE. So a little bit of history of Madison's open data. Um, that some of you may have been present in 2012 when the open data ordinance passed. We've published 136 data sets to date, and out of the data set inventory, we've um, inventoried about 832 primary data sets that the city is collecting and managing. That was a first pass at um, assessing how much data we have as an organization. Yes. So that would be data that we collect, so like budget data, data that we host and own ourselves. So instead of secondary data, we use a lot of census information. We didn't want to necessarily track and collect what we have is secondary information because it's not data that we would publish onto our portal. So it's something that we own and manage and collect ourselves that we would be able to publish without getting an MOU from another entity. Good question. Okay. Yes. So I think this represents a smaller portion than even of the 832 because many are shapefiles 
And when we did the inventory, I didn't see many agencies calling out every single shape file that was inventoried in that process. So when we go back to the inventory on an annual basis, we'll try to flesh out in greater detail how many data sets we have. I think 832 is actually a conservative estimate of the number of data sets that we're managing if you consider a singular shape file as a data set. Um, and the 136 represents many geospatial files. Mm -hmm. So we, out of this work with What Work Cities, for those of you who are not familiar, this is a project of Bloomberg Philanthropies to work with 100 mid-sized cities, populations over 100,000, under a million, to better use data and evidence to improve the lives of residents. And we were named a What Work City in October of 2016. Um, the primary partner that we were working with around open data governance is the Sunlight Foundation, and they primarily focus on the tools of civic tech, open data, policy analysis, and journalism to make governments more accountable. So this is the partner we've been working with since January of 2017 on both our open data governance and on our tactical data engagement project. Through our What Works Cities engagement, we had three primary outcomes that we achieved through this initiative from, that we worked on from January through May. We established a data governance team, which is the data management team. We established processes and resources for departmental decision makers that found are the foundation and guiding posts for how we will publish our data. So we essentially created a roadmap for each agency that indicates how they should go about publishing data onto the portal. We also began that inventory of city data resources. This was a first pass. Again, we will make this an annual iterative process to improve on identifying the data sets that we collect, own, and manage. And then we also reviewed our open data ordinance collaboratively with the Sunlight Foundation. So we have a mocked up draft that I think eventually we'll need to come back to council, but we want to ensure that we have an, a process that's working internal to the city before we make any changes to that ordinance. We also, out of the What Work Cities engagement, looked at relaunching our portal to a platform that was more consistent with a tool that city agencies are already familiar with using. So this is an Esri-based platform that went live in September of 2017. You'll notice that you can search the open data portal based on a set of categories. Eventually, we want to align these categories with the elements of Madison's vision so that you could look at neighborhoods and housing and click into that element and see what data sets we have available that tie to that element. So effectively, the open data portal will become a platform that we can use to talk about the elements that are Madison's vision. So moving into tactical data engagement and what this is. So like I mentioned, this is a four-step process, narrowing the scope every step of the way as we work through this engagement. First, we find a focus area by observing the community. Then we refine use cases by interviewing stakeholders, then designing a plan by coordinating with target users and implementing an intervention based on collaboration with the users. So this is a high-level overview of the pro approach, and we'll go into each step um, here by first focusing on step one, which largely began in September and October of 2017. So in the tactical data engagement guide that the Sunlight Foundation created, 
they suggested that you first select a tactic to observe the community in order to help find that focus area. So what we chose to do was to observe popular meetings that were occurring at the time in existing public channels in September of 2017. So the data management work group took the Imagine Madison phase two feedback and we also took the roadmaps to outcomes to come up with a series of topics that would be voted on publicly for finding our focus area. Out of that assessment of the um, roadmaps to outcomes and the phase two feedback, we identified the areas of complete neighborhoods, economic supports, green infrastructure, and public safety. We gathered a list of uh, emails from both planning and the Mortgage Center for Public Service at the university to do outreach to neighborhood associations, community-based organizations. We sent this out to alders and to the university contacts that we have made through this process. After we posted that survey for about two weeks, we got 93 respondents and the most commonly voted on area was complete neighborhoods that people wanted to focus in on this topic. And really, this aligned with work that was already being done internally with the roadmaps to outcomes. There was a strong and complete neighborhoods roadmap. And then we also had the community weighing in out of the Imagine Madison feedback to say, we want to talk more about complete neighborhoods. But what does that mean? <laughs> so we went into the refine phase with um, another partner called Reboot. Reboot is a social impact firm out of New York City that specializes in creating user personas for social impact. And in 2015, they worked with the city of New York to do a similar process where they were identifying their open data users and Sunlight Foundation wanted to tap them for their experience to replicate this work here in Madison. <clears throat> So in early November, um, the Reboot team came on site and so did the Sunlight Foundation and they hosted a training for city staff with the intent that city staff would learn how to conduct user-centered design that we could replicate into the future for working on TDE or working on other projects. The real purpose of the research that we wanted to do was to engage users who were interested in issues related to access to services, community spaces, transportation, housing, and understand what is their perception of open data? How do they use data? What are their perceptions and knowledge of the open data initiative? And what are their needs of using data to answer key questions and solve problems? So this was kind of the platform within which we engaged in these interviews. We spent about two weeks conducting interviews with community organizers, working data-driven professionals, business owners, community servants, and individual problem solvers. Um, there was 36 respondents who participated in the semi-structured open-ended conversations that generally lasted about an hour. This is a little bit of the demographics of the individuals that we had worked with. This was very much a snowballing technique. So in that survey that we held um, online for two weeks, we asked people to self-select into the interview process if they so choose. Um, we asked people in those interviews for other people that they thought we should talk to, and it really just grew from there. They had really hoped to only do about 25 or so interviews, so they really put a lot of effort into this work. Um, we then, 
worked on a design synthesis, which was a very work-intensive process that first we took all of the, in, the users that we interviewed and mapped them on this matrix of having a direct impact on neighborhoods versus are they using information or are they using data. Every single interview we came back at the end of the night and we wrote down every single idea that came out of those interviews on individual post-it notes and we read them out as a group and we started to group them into like themes and then as time went on um, there was a whole weekend spent synthesizing the midpoint of this research and then we would spend nightly working through the um, synthesis of trying to come up with themes of who are the users and what are their journeys through the use of open data. So this led into the design phase that Reboot primarily led the actual synthesis of this next phase of work. So on the Legistar file, there was an attachment for the actual user personas and journeys, and this is just a high-level overview of what was in that document. So here you'll see there are a certain number of visual elements included in the user personas and journeys. Um, the first being the network within which the community actors are operating. And the thickness of the line there in red really represents the strength of the connection between, so the neighborhood association, or the resident to the neighborhood association is strongest in this example. Residents to alders, residents to city, residents to media. And for each of the personas, there's a network that you can observe based on what we learned from this community. There's also a series of data types, being raw, spatial, indicators, and anecdotes that are color-coded within the document as data inputs, and the color signifies the type of data being used. The red X represents pain points where people along their journey of accessing information had trouble with either finding the right point of contact or they didn't know who to contact. So then you have the gradation of color that talks about how are we feeling frustrated, tepid, or empowered. So who are our open data users? Out of this um, initiative with Reboot, they came up with six open data users, the community activists, the large nonprofit project manager, the small CBO director, the connector, the disseminator, and the city staffer. I'm not gonna go into each one of these personas at this time, but I will say go back to the document that was attached if you're interested in learning about each of their journeys. But as a whole, what we learned was that every single one of these personas has a journey through interacting with data from the city of Madison, including internal city staff trying to access data from other city agencies. And everyone had pain points along the way where they were trying to access information and they didn't quite know how to get it. Um, I want to focus mostly on the lessons that we learned out of this user persona and journeys research. So we had a lot of opportunities identified by the Sunlight Foundation and Reboot out of this work. So they really felt we had an opportunity to support Madison's equity agenda by focusing on advancing complete neighborhoods for all of Madison's residents. We thought that Madison's nonprofits and CBOs may not have skills and capacity or resources and experience to use data or to use it more effectively. And providing support to these organizations to use data can help them serve their clients more efficiently, influence policy, and support efforts to secure funding. So really, out of these opportunities, 
we are trying to focus an intervention, which we will talk about next. Some of the challenges that we faced were kind of on the supply and demand side. We have a little bit of inconsistent standardization of our data internal to the city of Madison. A lack of metadata, which is data about the data, so you could think about like pavement ratings on a scale of zero to five and what that means, like is that consistently documented so someone opening up that file on the open data portal, can they understand exactly what we're talking about within that data set? And then we have a lack of publicly designated points of contact for each data set. So it's not easy to go out on the portal, see who is the primary staff person associated with that data set, and be able to contact that person if they have questions. And without having that metadata built, it's really difficult to interpret what city staff intend for that data to be used. On the demand side, we have a little bit of a lack of time, resources, and capacity, and experience for neighborhood development organizations to effectively use open data. There's a f insufficient networks within the city data owners to access data and our metadata to make the city's open data usable, and insufficient networks with connectors who can help access data and provide the necessary skills to acquire, analyze, and act on data. And really those connectors were individual actors within the community who are already serving to support community-based organizations to help them with their data. So there is a body of people in the city of Madison who are serving as this kind of liaison, as the connector between city, city data and people who are trying to analyze that information. And we don't have enough of that network built out. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So in the summary of key findings, we talk about how residents acquire information first and foremost. So our observations are that skilled data users know how to find what they need. This goes back to the networking piece. A community activist who's in a neighborhood association might have a really easy time figuring out who they need to contact because they've had in relationships built over time that they just know who they need to call to get the information that they need. Successful data users have time and resources they need to acquire data. Academics, large nonprofits, and motivated community members are more likely to use data to inform action. And awareness about Madison's open data portal is low, particularly among less skilled data users. So after making these observations, Sunlight Foundation and Reboot suggested a certain number of strategies to engage the community. And so we talked a lot about facilitating access to city and other data sources relevant to neighborhood development organizations and increasing the value and relevance of city data to neighborhood development organizations and trying to increase the user confidence in city data. And I think that we also need to think about increasing the confidence in city data among city staff. People want to think that our data is not final, um, which is part of the open data ordinance um, revisions that we want to look at that indicates that city data should be in a final format before it's released. And we want people to be more confident with the data that they're working with today to be able to share and put that on the open data portal. So then how do residents analyze information? We observe that successful data users have either, uh, either have or can access technical expertise to analyze data. Successful data users know who is responsible for collecting and maintaining data for the city and are able to reach out for them for clarification, but not everyone is a successful data user. 
So our strategies to engage are, we should really be establishing points of contact for city data sources so people know who they can ask these questions to when data sources are released. We also need to enhance the interpretability of city data, talking more about that metadata that we could release along with the actual data set onto the portal. So we really need to improve what we're releasing with our data. And then we need to think about connecting low-capacity community-based organizations to technical expertise. In a little bit of a foreshadow for the implementation strategy, we did think that community-based organizations do need more support in order to successfully interact with city data. Um, I'll get to that in a minute when we talk about the implementation strategy with CBOs, but I want to first finish up with talking about the findings around how residents act on information. So in this observation, we noted that successful data users have access to data at the granularity they need it. Successful data users utilize multiple sources of data to improve their analysis and make their arguments more compelling. And successful data users, in addition to their technical skills, acquiring and analyzing data are also strong communicators. Our strategies to engage would be to publish more indicator data catered to community-based organizations. And this is really important because we've learned through these observations that um, the raw data is not easily accessible to most of the residents and community-based organizations, and people want it packaged in a way that is understandable and usable for them in their daily work. Um, we also talked about highlighting successful data to action use cases. As we begin to use the open data portal more within the community, we want to be able to document how people are leveraging data to be able to share with other residents how they can tap into the power of the data on the portal to solve problems for the community. So after the design phase, we move into the implementation phase. And this is really looking forward a little bit because we are currently in the process of designing what our implementation phase will look like. Um, what we're trying to do is to create a data toolkit that will support applicants of the Office of Juvenile Justice and Delinquency Prevention Safe and Thriving Communities grant application process. So what we're trying to do is pilot an approach that we could potentially replicate for future funding cycles to assist CBOs in leveraging open data in the RFP process. So what we're thinking about doing is because this grant is focused primarily on the north side of Madison, could we come up with a toolkit of data that is specific to that area of the city that helps the, uh, the CBOs who are going to apply for the RFP know what type of data they should be using to support their RFP? Um, we also think that this could be used in future funding cycles, that we could replicate the approach of creating a data toolkit specific to that RFP for um, future funding cycles that would be upcoming if this is a successful pilot. So this is a summary of what we're trying to do currently. Um, we hope to replicate it moving into the future with future funding processes and the tactical data engagement approach we hope to replicate moving forward as well. So does anyone have any questions? support process the support for tactical data engagement okay yeah 
So, well, the support from Sunlight Foundation is... No, no, your support. Uh, I'm a data user. I'm stymied, pain point, yeah. you know. Um, does it have uh, not just the department that from where the data came from, but how to find my way out of this particular pain point? I think the support comes in trying to build out the metadata and those data points of contact with any data set that we release. And I also think that by having a point of contact associated with any data set, we should be able to support any user in the community who wants to access that information to know who they could ask questions to over time. Ask questions about how to use this tool or, or about the data? About the data is what I was I'm talking about the tool. So this, the, the tactical data engagement tool or the... Yes. So the support for that, I think, is more at a level that city staff are working through this process through the data management team, mm -hmm. and they're being supported by the Sunlight Foundation through a weekly check-in call that helps us try to advance where we're working on this project and troubleshoot any issues that we're facing to strategize solutions including they're taking the first stab at developing this data toolkit that we will then support through the release of additional data. I don't know if I'm completely understanding well, your question. Maybe you are, uh, but it's the, I'm, I'm sort of dissatisfied with the response. I'm saying, um, that is a, um, as you have it in the, uh, your persona, user personas, um, at least one-third of the data users are weak, use, self-described as being weak, and another third are moderate, but they also may be weak. Mm -hmm. um, and I could uh, easily imagine people opening up uh, some interactive map, hitting a dot, and nothing happened. You know, I don't know what it means. I don't mm -hmm. know where to go from here. I don't know how to aggregate these different dots, the, the, you know, the underlying page here and aggregate the data. So there's a number of different things where people can be stymied by using a fairly sophisticated instrument, which is what these are in total. And uh, so I think that people need um, an access point to have, I mean, not for someone to do their whole study for them, but but just sort of, you know, let me get through this bump, and then if there may be another one, what do you, what this is what to do, or how do you put these pieces together? Well, I think the strategies to engage that were recommended did talk about having that key point of contact for each data set, and I do think that is part of the solution that you're referring to to get past how we actually understand the information. I also think that we need to do a better job at packaging indicators in a way that is accessible for residents. So the Neighborhood Indicators Project is going to relaunch its website. And we want to think about how can we support that um, tool so that more people know about the prepackaged indicators that already exist for CBOs to not have to do the analysis themselves, but that it's already being done for them. David, if I can just add, I'll 
intervention um, that was uh, being tested was we were hearing from um, folks who were um, involved in the city, data users, um, who that's just not their expertise to go and download, um, you know, the assessor's property tax file and try to make heads or tails over what all the columns are. And so what we want to do is do that, you know, if um, – you know, CDD is going to release uh, an RFP process for the safe and thriving communities. And so what we want to do is kind of go through what's out on our data portal and package it for them. So that if I work for a nonprofit on the north side of Madison, um, I can just go and instead of sifting through PDFs or um, various points on the data portal, I can go and I can see this is what's meaningful and relevant. It's already prepackaged, and I would have a contact. So, and I think that really ties back to what Kara was saying about how do we make it so easy for folks to go down and pull this, pull this based off of their specific need, um, so that you know we're responding to the fact that these people are on the ground running organizations they're not they're not data experts how can we make that easier for them so if if the court if i'm interested in getting data on the condition of pavements in my area and i take the the pavement um, icon and get the map and blah 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 so that the, the uh, data person or the person who provided that data and maintains it from engineering they also would know how to manipulate and how to sort of use that tool on. Yeah, that's, um, so that kind of goes back to what Kara was talking about with the data set inventory as we seek to build out information about each of those data sets and what gets pushed out to our portal, including other things with what's going out there to make it more meaningful and helpful. like. Um, you know, a description of the data, you know, who your primary point of contact is, uh, what's the frequency at which this is updated, what do the columns and headers mean. Um, and from a long-term perspective, I know we've talked with a lot of you about um, the work through Results Madison about how agencies are going, you know, going through their service inventories, establishing performance measures, developing a data action plan. Our ultimate vision for all of this, like Kara said, is organizing our portal around those seven elements so that you can get from the indicator level down to the services that drive that indicator. You can see the performance measures for those services and you can link straight to the data portal and you can see the service, the, the data that um, pertains to those services. So going back to your pavement quality question, you know, you might be in the um, land use and transportation element or maybe you're in the neighborhoods element and you would be able to um, look at you be able to get from the highest level all the way down to the most granular level, depending upon what kind of question you are asking. Great. Someone's got that phone number. <laughs> <laughs> Any other questions? Yep. Ah, there we go. Um, so for probably Many folks, um, the data portal is a um, theoretical thing. I wonder if you could, sorry to put you on the spot, I wonder if you could pull it up and sort of navigate us through it and maybe show us how one might uh, extract value from open data, you know, maybe put together a little project or you know, pull together a couple of data sets that might be interesting for us. 
Oops. Oh, the WWW matters. That's rookie. You can look in here based on spatial and tabular data sets. One of the things that I want to point out while we're in here is that agencies have put together a set of publishing plans, which is their intent to This is one of the tabular data sets that exists out there right now. Agencies went through their primary data sets to identify what they think they have ready to go to publish onto the open data portal. This is what we will be looking at currently um, for the um, for this CDD funding process. We're going to go through this yet this week to see what data sets are currently available on the open data portal and what is in the publishing plans that agencies say this is ready to go. This is public data that we have that we're working with that we could be sharing on the open data portal. There's some hurdles internal to the agencies to getting this out right now because they don't feel like they have an intent for it, but we have this complete neighborhoods idea and we have a specific application now that we want data to be used. And so this is a good guide for agencies to, or pub the public to see what agencies have ready to be published currently. Um, did you want to look at a specific data set? Yeah, just something that you would want to put on display. So um, in the, in your, uh, uh, what do you call them? Your profiles of different users. Um, one of them wasn't older, uh, but as potential users of the data, it'd be useful to give us a quick little tour. So Alder Aarons mentioned street tree data. There's an overview here with a series of attributes and related data that might be applicable to what this data set is. The specific data can be linked through the data tab. Um, you can search for species. You can. This is again where metadata is important. Like, what does the object ID mean? Um, the, you can download the data here into a spreadsheet, KML, or shapefile. And I I see building out this overview tab with more of a consistent um, indication here. There, the metadata is here. ID denotes the specific number given to each tree. Um, this is a good question for IT, who has been the one who built this. Um, I don't know about all of the tabs being available. It didn't look like the spatial data set was tabbed, and when I tried previously to change the um, uh, columns, um, there was no, even said, even though there are 25 different attributes listed for a tree, I was only able to get diameter, which is the 
one that comes up when you yeah. first open it. That one, yeah. This is the only one that's yeah. appearing. How about when you download the data? Yeah, that's the only one that's appearing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So IT is sort of building this as you go? IT is the one who's primarily working on the Esri-based portal. Um, so the delineation of functions is so I sit in finance and I'm helping to do the outreach and promotion of this work and they're managing the actual infrastructure of the portal. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How, how um, much is our data accessed? Are we keeping track of usage? There is information on the back end. I haven't looked at it in the last couple of months. It was not, when, under, when we had the Socrata portal, it wasn't being accessed very frequently. Although there were counts on, um, like, the police calls for service data set is the most actively accessed data set. Mm -hmm. um, but I can follow up with that if you're interested. Yeah, I'd be interested to know how we're defining success of open data, right? I mean, it, presumably one of the factors is going to be around usage. It's a really significant investment of time and effort to make an open data portal successful. And so knowing how we're, how we're thinking about success, how, how we're tracking towards that. I think some of the other pieces around the engagement that Sunlight Foundation and Reboot had suggested is that we need to think about the stories about how people are using this as well, because traffic is one thing, but actually telling a narrative of how a community activist pulled down data and was able to use it to prove their point in a community meeting is completely different than looking at the website traffic. We want to be able to capture those narratives as well. Um, we just, out of this exercise of looking at the user personas and journeys, there isn't a lot of awareness of our open data portal currently. So we need to increase that awareness, improve the data that's out there, and have better metadata to explain who's the primary point of contact and what do all these fields mean. So there's still a lot of work that needs to go into our portal to improve it. Um, but I think we have a good framework for moving forward to try to make the data more impactful for the end users. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Uh, if anybody, if nobody else is in the queue, I have another question. Um, so um, it's cool. It's exciting that you have so many different ideas of, of who the users are. Um, I think that's really encouraging. Uh, thinking back to 2012 when we launched, um, there, there was a significant amount of awareness, I think, among the sort of like hacker maker community um, uh, who, who are going to be those like strong users, those like successful users. Um, uh, just, you know, if, if for no other reason than because of a fluency with how, how to navigate the data and how to implement it into some sort of other visualizing software or something like that. Um, how would you describe our sort of relationship with the um, open data, with, with that community right now? Are we sort of, are we rebuilding? Is that strong? Is their awareness still high? Or? Um, I would say I've made personal efforts to try to outreach to that community in the phase just prior to launching tactical data engagement, trying to understand 
what was the fragmentation of the relationship that occurred. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that was based around the approach that the city took in terms of prescriptively asking for certain development of uh -huh. different applications instead of saying, here's our data, what can here's we do? Here's open data. Here's <laughs> open data, what can you do with it? Um, so I heard that loud and clear across the conversations that I had, and I tried to put myself out there as an individual to say, I would like to be your point of contact. If you have specific things you're looking for, I would like to help support you in that. But then we also get in this chicken or egg conversation of like, well, what data do you have? And because a lot of, even in the hacking community, people don't know all of city operations to know what they could be asking for. And that was kind of the intent behind those publishing plans was to meet that need, to say, this is the data that we have, this is the data you could be accessing, and. If you want it, I'm the primary contact that you can reach out to to do that. Cool. All right, well, thank you, everybody. If you have any follow-up questions, happy to answer them for you.